Welcome to Almost Obsolete, where we'll talk about the challenges of raising teens and tweens. My name is Susie John, and I'm so glad that you're here. Hello, friends. Long time, no talk. Um, I have been missing for a couple of weeks, and I want to apologize for that. I am... Um, I got hit really hard with COVID and was not able to record for a couple weeks. And um, I've been missing some spending my time with you all. So um, uh, I hope you can forgive me that I, I missed a few weeks, but at least I'm a little bit better now. Uh, hopefully I can make it this through, through this without coughing. I've got a really bad uh, COVID cough. Um, so I'll do my best not to cough into your ear. <laughs> and... Um, but at least I'm here, and um, I'm looking forward to sharing with you a little bit today. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that is extraordinarily common for a lot of teens and tweens and families of teens and tweens, and that has to do with sleep. I like to joke that nothing sleeps like a teen, uh, which is true because um, I'm always amazed at how often I find my teens in their beds. <laughs> they love sleep. Um, but the interesting part is, is that they tend to sleep when you don't want them to and not sleep when you do want them to. And so, um, we're going to talk a little bit about why that is and, um, how to combat it. So in my research, I found a couple of different statistics. One said that, um, 73% of high school students do not regularly get enough sleep. And another one said up to 93%, or no, I'm sorry, 97% of teenagers don't get enough sleep. So a lack of sleep in our country for kids in the teenage bracket is an epidemic. It is a major, major issue. Um, so what is enough sleep? Because... You know, you hear we should be getting, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep a night or whatever. But for teenagers, it's actually a little higher. Um, it's eight to ten, typically, for, for those in their teenagers. They need a little more sleep. And the interesting thing is, is that at this stage in their lives, they actually, um, their circadian rhythm actually changes. And we're not really sure why this happens, because it's, it's something that actually occurs only during the teen years, and then ends up going back to a more quote-unquote normal state um, once they've gotten through those years. It, maybe it has to do with brain development or hormonal changes. Um, I couldn't find a consensus on why it happens, but that's just the fact that it does. So the natural circadian rhythm of teens actually is pushed back later than your average adult or even your elementary aged kid. So they um, don't start getting tired until later at night, even even as late as 11 p.m. Um, I know my own kids struggle greatly with going to bed at a decent hour, um, even despite my regular encouragement to go to bed earlier. Um, but uh, they... It's not even just that. There's a lot of teens who struggle with staying asleep and um, getting in, getting that full amount of sleep. And there's a lot of barriers for that. Um, 
the number one probably is their device. Uh, teens are on their phones all the time, and there are many teens who fall asleep with a device in their hand. And those devices can keep them up. I mean, not just the, the blue light screen, but just the stimulation of, you know, the constant notifications or um, just the draw of wanting to communicate with friends is a huge, huge issue. Um, so that is a major barrier to sleep. Uh, another one is homework. Uh, kids these days are given a crazy amount of homework. If they have 45 minutes of homework, or let's say, in every class, every night, that is several hours worth of homework. And uh, that can get, keep kids from going to bed at a decent time, feeling like they need to pull an all-nighter or um, study really late into the night because you know a test the next day or whatever. And, um, of course, unfortunately... Research has shown that staying up late to, to do homework or to study actually is counterproductive, um, but they feel the, the need to do that. So um, helping kids understand the importance of not procrastinating when it comes to their homework uh, can be impactful on their uh, ability to get enough sleep. And then, of course, there's uh, caffeine. I don't know about you, but I, every teen I know consumes a ridiculous quantity of caffeine. Like, uh, I, I see, have kids over at my house all the time drinking those uh, energy drinks and several of them, multiple of them every day. And it's just not, not even talking about all the crap that's in those things, but, but just the sugar alone is crazy. And, of course, they contain huge amounts of caffeine, which... Um, can significantly impact their sleep. I actually had a conversation with my eldest not too long ago where she was saying to me that she had given up sleep. Um, sorry, she had given up caffeine for a while because she was noticing that, you know, she was having trouble sleeping. And she said, Mom, I'm sleeping so much better now. <laughs> and it's almost like, well, duh, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. Because you're not going to sleep well if you consume ridiculous quantities of caffeine all the time. Um, I've kind of put a ban on my own kids from drinking those energy drinks because of all of the junk that's in them, but um, I'm not naive, naive enough to think that they stay from them altogether, but at least they know that they're not welcome in my house, <laughs> so they tend to not drink them in my presence. And uh, But they, they do love their coffee, and so they'll, you know, they're regularly going and getting themselves a cup of coffee. Um, but it's interesting because you can be impacted by the caffeine in coffee six hours before heading to bed. So, you know, the thought of just, just not drinking it in the evening is, is not enough. Um, keeping that coffee only to the morning hours is best for keeping your sleep patterns better, um. And then another big barrier for sleep for kids is uh, anxiety. I mean, it's the same for true for adults as well. Uh, but just those, you know, constant swirling thoughts in your head of what do I have to do next, of what's going on tomorrow, and um, those those thoughts can just 
really impact and hinder sleep in a way uh, that keeps kids from being able to get the amount of sleep and to stay good, restful sleep. Um, the effects of teenage sleep deprivation are pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, it can cause concentration difficulties, uh, mentally like drifting off while they're supposed to be in class listening. Their attention span is shortened uh, when they are not sleeping well. Their memory can be impaired because, of course, that's when um, memory is, is solidified, is during those sleep hours. Um, poor decision-making can happen, uh, a, a lack of enthusiasm or interest in things, um, moodiness and aggression, depression, risk-taking behavior, which they're already prone to because of their uh, frontal lobe development. And this just makes it harder because, of course, when you sleep, that is when so much restorative stuff is happening in your brain and in your body. And um, that's when a lot of the development is happening in their brains, which they desperately need because it hasn't happened yet. Um, you're, you're, Physical reflexes can be slower, so kids who already are struggling to do uh, to do well driving because they're new drivers are even having a harder time because their reflexes are slower. Um, their their performance in their sporting events is lessened by sleep deprivation. Um, their academic performance is impacted by sleep deprivation. And uh, you find that a lot of kids end up missing more school because their immune systems are not able to function as well because they're not sleeping as well. So they end up missing more school because of that. So there are um, some things that we can do to help. Um, and this is, of course, always a challenge because you got to get your kid to listen to you. And that doesn't always always happen. So um, we've talked a lot about conversations and, and how to have conversations with your teen. Um, but making sure that when you're approaching your teen to talk about this, that, that you're approaching it in such a way that, that you're coming at it from a collaborative sense rather than just telling them what to do because nobody likes to be told what to do. Um, and your teenager is no different. Your, your tween is no different. So helping them understand the importance um, maybe even in talking to them about some of the risk factors of not getting enough sleep and then talking about solutions together, um, sharing with them what impacts their sleep. And because a lot of those things are things that, um, that they can do, you know, the, the number one is shutting down your devices by nine or 10 PM. Um, nine is better, but but, you know, getting them off that by 10 for sure so that they can actually have that full hour of winding down before um, falling asleep when their body naturally might be ready to fall asleep. Um, making sure that they're limiting their caffeine intake. So under, helping them understand that, you know, yes, I know that it feels good to have that jolt of caffeine, but long term that's going to have damaging effects on your ability to sleep. Um, making sure that they have efficient homework 
practices that they know um, how to study in advance and not save everything for the last minute and helping them to organize their um, homework each night so that they can get it done as efficiently as possible, cutting down on, on maybe ensuring that they have a space to do their homework so that they're not doing it in their beds. Um, my teens are notorious for getting, trying to do their homework in their beds and, and that just, it, it adjusts the way that their brain thinks about their bed. When their bed becomes the place that they do everything, which is very common for kids, um, then there, there's not that trigger that, that being in bed is where you sleep. So helping them understand that, that keeping that bed as a sacred sleep spot, as opposed to the place where they just do out their entire lives, <laughs> um, is important to helping uh, them get good sleep in that bed. Um, uh, letting them know that not just avoiding their phone in the evening, but any screen, a TV, a computer, anything, uh, is a good idea after that 10 PM mark. Um, trying to help them create a good sleep location. So making sure that it's dark, uh, you know, the blinds are closed. There's not like a light right outside their bedroom. Um, that, that their bed bedroom is, is ready for them when it's time for them to go to sleep. Um, one, one trick that can help a lot of kids is to, to start their bedroom bedtime routine a little earlier. So if they normally, you know, start heading to bed at 11, 1130, um, helping them move that back by 10 minutes um, and then doing that for a week and then moving it by another 10 minutes and moving it by another 10 minutes until they get to a time when it actually is beneficial, you know, that 10, 30, 11 o'clock mark um, for going to bed so that they're within their natural circadian rhythm. So they're not just lying there awake for hours on end, but, um, but that they don't keep pushing it back and they don't start getting ready at 11 and then not actually in bed until 1130 or midnight. Um, Helping them understand that, that being active during the day can actually help them sleep at night. So if they're not involved in sports or anything like that, helping them pick some other activity that they can do that's, that's active and, and actually outdoors, um, getting, getting some of that sunshine during those daylight hours so that when it is time to head to, to bed that they uh, are a little bit more tired. And then helping them set up at like a regular wake time so that their body can get into a natural pattern of going to sleep by 11 and waking up by, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock, depending, of course, on when their school is. It's, it is really unfortunate that schools uh, aren't more aware of the impact that this lack of sleep is having on kids um, and they, they don't move sleep times to later. But obviously that's that's something that has to happen more uh, at a district level. Um, that is actually something that you could do as well is petition your school district to start school times later for teens so that it falls more within their national circadian rhythm so that they can get their 
full amount of needed sleep. Um, but uh, in the meantime, just making sure that they are following a regular schedule is helpful. Um, and, and just, like I said, having those conversations with them so that they understand that uh, their sleep does have a huge impact on how they function and helping them come up with solutions that might actually work for them offering suggestions but then but then working together to to decide how they might uh, enhance their their sleep schedule some of these things they they probably already know but some they might not know and so just helping them become aware that that little changes like adjusting the time when you start going getting ready for bed or um, making sure that your bed it doesn't become the environment that you do everything in these are uh, things that they may not know that would be beneficial to helping them create a more regular sleep schedule. So I hope this has been helpful to you, friends. Um, just keep those conversations flowing. That's, that's the big thing. And making sure that you're regularly engaging in um, communication that's open and honest um, and helping your your teen feel like they're a part of the process in growing up, that they're that they're engaged in their own active learning how to become an adult. So uh, until next time, hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Almost Obsolete. If you'd like to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you. My website is www.suzyjohn.com.